Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, I want to welcome everyone in Greenfield and Oak Creek. Uh, Thanks for braving the snow and making it here. And those joining us online, hey, wherever you're at today, thank you so much for spending part of your day here with us. My name is Tyler, and I get the privilege to being one of the pastors here at the Ridge. And if we haven't met before, one of the things uh, to know about me uh, real quick is that I actually have a family. I'm married uh, to my wife, Andrea, and uh, we have two young kids uh, named Jalen and Brennan, and here's a picture of them. And uh, Jalen's seven years old, and Brennan's uh, three and a half now. And if you have young kids, or if you've ever had young kids in your life, you know there's, there's a lot that kind of goes into having a, a young kids, and most of it is fun. Uh, the other stuff you just kind of get through, you know, as, as uh, you're dealing with it. But one of the things that, that we've been dealing with and we've been uh, working through for the last few years, it's just become a part of our daily life, is dealing with the nightlight. And we got the moon-shaped nightlight, and this is just part of daily life here that's happened about three and a half years ago. Jalen was Brennan's age, and she got this fear when she was going to bed. You know, we turned the dark room and turn all the lights off, and she just thought, someone's going to come get me. Someone's going to sneak in. They're going to take me away, and, and I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and as long as the room is dark, it's going to happen. And then Brennan, at three, he started thinking, oh, when it's dark, the monsters are going to come out. They're going to come out of the closet, come out of the bed. They're going to grab them and take them underneath the bed, and I, I don't know where that is, but, you know, he, he's afraid of it, and, and they got really anxious about it when they're in the dark, and so my wife and I are like, nothing's going to happen to them, but we all need our sleep. So go to bed, guys, and so we put these night lights in there. We turn on the lights, and it just kind of eases those anxieties and eases those fears. They realize, oh, there's really nothing in here to be afraid of, and they drift off, and they fall asleep, and then about an hour later, when when I get ready for bed, I sneak into the room, I turn off all the night lights, you know, so they can sleep in the dark, and I I go to bed, and we do it again every single day. Now, I want us to keep the picture of the nightlight in mind as we are going through part three of the series we've been in called Anxious for Nothing. And and what we've been doing is we've been taking a few weeks to look at this whole idea of anxiety because studies are showing that that we are just more anxious as a country and a culture more than ever. In fact, uh, the World Health Organization has said that over the past 30 years, anxiety has gone up 1,200%. Meaning we're just dealing with anxiety, and even if it's not just us personally, like those around us, they are dealing with more and more anxiety. And, and what we mean by anxiety is really this fear of the future. We call it the perpetual what-ifs. Like, well, what if this happens? What if I lose my job? What if I'm not going to find a job? What if this relationship falls apart? Or what if this relationship never gets better? It's what if, what if, what if. And as we've been kind of like looking at this series, we've been going through this idea of, well, we want to get relief from this. We want to experience a little bit of, 
peace. And peace is hard to come by, but as we've been going through the series, we've been uh, largely influenced by a great pastor and author, uh, Max Lucado, and, and he wrote this great book called Anxious for Nothing, and it's inspired a lot of what we're talking about throughout the series. And in it, he has this uh, statement that's really become our goal uh, for the series. And, and, and here's that statement. It says, while the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, meaning there's going to be some things that will come up that, that we will just naturally be afraid of, the prison of anxiety is optional. The prison of what if, what if, what if, and whatever we might be anxious for, whether it's that relationship or our health or that situation, we can look at all of our anxiety and we can literally become anxious for nothing. Now, the way that we've been doing this is we've been looking at one of the most highlighted passages um, written in Scripture. And this passage was actually written by a church leader named Paul, and he wrote this to a church living in a city known um, as Philippi back then. And what Paul wrote them, he said, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And even though you don't want to, I'm just going to say it again because you don't want to, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And he gives us our phrase. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this incredible thing happens. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, though you may not get it, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And there is so much just packed into the statement that Paul writes to the Philippians here. And so much so that we've actually been taking all of these, these things that he is writing here, and we, we've built this outline, and we thank Max Lucado for this outline, that there are four things that we can do to actually experience more of God's peace so that we can become anxious for nothing. And these four things actually spell out the word calm, so we can kind of keep that in mind. And each of these things represent a different action we can do to, to uh, uh, trust God and become anxious for nothing. The first one is C, we want to celebrate God's goodness. We want to choose to celebrate him because he is near with us. And then last week we talked about the A, we want to ask God and find peace through prayer. We, we said if it's big enough for us to worry about, it's big enough for us to pray about. And if you're new with us or if you missed any of those weeks, I can't encourage you enough to go online, download our app, or subscribe to our podcast, and you can watch or listen, and you can catch up that way. Now today, we're going to jump into the L. But before I share what the L is, I want to remind those of us, if we are dealing with anxiety, uh, what we are doing here is we are largely approaching this from the spiritual side. And it's very important and very helpful that we do. But we also want to acknowledge that there is more to this than just the spiritual side. And so if you uh, need medical help, please get medical help. Talk to a doctor. Talk to a psychiatrist about anxiety. If, if your anxiety has taken you to a really, really dark place and, and it just keeps beating at you and beating at you and it's led to thoughts of maybe hurting yourself, I want to encourage you to take a picture of this phone number and call this phone number if you need. In fact, um, I, I don't want you to leave today without talking to somebody. And we have people uh, um, that, can, uh, are, that are in our Next Steps area. You can go there and talk to them, and uh, they would love to get you the help uh, that they need. And if you've experienced just um, anxiety, just continuing to come in, and you can't escape it, and it just keeps coming and coming, I want to encourage you to talk to a Christian counselor and uh, spend some time with them and have them help you kind of work through this. And, and there's no shame in talking to a counselor about this. In fact, that is something that I have done and I continue to do. 
Because honestly, we've been really encouraged to hear how what we're talking about has been so helpful for many. But if I'm really honest, it for me hasn't just been helpful for many. It's been very, very helpful for me. Because growing up, um, I've dealt with anxiety. I I, I look back at my family and uh, close family members, and I could just tell that they were very anxious, and they had the tendency to worry. And I just carried this tendency to uh, worry with me wherever I went, and and I've just dealt with anxiety. In fact, uh, when I was in school, back in high school, I mean, the stakes were a little smaller, but I just had this increasing anxiety that whenever I took a test— that I was going to fail that test, and because I was going to fail that test, I was then going to fail that class, and then I was never going to graduate high school. And it was just this anxiety that just kind of kept uh, uh, creeping up inside of me, and so I would try to control it and try to overstudy and overmemorize everything and, and, and do whatever I could. If I got anything less than an A, I, I, I was just upset with myself. Um, and then I, I would get these part-time jobs. In fact, there was this one part-time job where I was doing maintenance work for a park district. I have no idea why I got a job to do maintenance work because power tools and me are not great friends. Uh, and so and knowing that, um, I was always afraid to try anything new at that job because I was afraid I was going to fail miserably, I was going to mess something up bad, and I, and I was going to get fired. And so I would work hard, but I'd try to avoid anything new. And I, I would take that anxiety with me into adulthood. Um, after I graduated college, my wife and I got married, and uh, we are actually we were living in Illinois at this time, and we were, I was working at the church. And uh, I, I was doing some things to lead our kids and students there. And I was working hard and, and, and really working hard at the, and I was making some changes to help like more kids and students uh, follow Jesus. And, and I discovered as I was making these changes that there were some people that did not care for the changes I was making. And I, to put it more bluntly, I discovered they did not like me. And they did not like me being there. And, and I found that out, and it just kind of increased this anxiety in me where I'm like, oh, this not liking me is going to spread across the whole church, and they are going to fire me, and, and, and I won't be able to provide for myself or provide for my wife. And so there were nights I was just lying awake in bed, just kind of wondering, well, what can I do to get them to like me? What can I do? Because I was just so afraid uh, that I was going to lose my job and get fired uh, for, from those guys. And then we fast forward several more years. You know, I'm living in Wisconsin. My wife are here, and we love it. And and we bought a house, and we have kids, and we have more in our life than uh, what we've ever had before. But for me, for my anxiety, I realized there is so much more that can go wrong. Like, I look at my house, I'm like, oh, the furnace can bust, you know, a tree could fall on my house. Like, what could happen, you know, in my house? And I, I think about that, and there's several times throughout the day, I just feel my body just tense up because of anxiety. And uh, a good friend of mine a, a couple years ago said, hey, Tyler, I think it might be time for you to talk to somebody about this. And so I, I kind of went on this journey to meet with a, a Christian counselor, and we began to talk uh, about my anxiety. And he began to walk me through what we've been talking about throughout this series. And it's been very, very helpful. But what we're going to look at today, I think, might have been the most helpful thing for me, and, and I hope it's the most helpful thing for, for you as well. And that is this L. And, and really what I just discovered, we just needed what my kids needed. We just needed a light bulb. Just put a nightlight in your room and everything's going to be fine, right? Well, not exactly, not exactly. But actually what the L is, is it will work just like a nightlight. Like it can shine in the darkness. If our anxiety is the darkness, and we can realize, hey, maybe there wasn't that much to be afraid of anyways. And so here's what the L is. The L is we just want to list the things that we're thankful for. That's it. Just a simple expression of gratitude. 
Now, at first glance, we might look at this and think, hey, it's good to be grateful, but, but does this really help with anxiety? Like, like, really? And what we'll see from Paul is not only is it helpful, it's actually critical for us when it comes to dealing with our anxiety. Quick reminder of Paul. Paul was one of the early church leaders back then. Uh, he started and led many churches, and he's really into this thing. He wants to get really strategic about helping as many people find and follow Jesus as possible. And so his whole idea was, if I get to Rome, like back then, uh, uh, you had the Roman Empire, and so they would say all roads lead to Rome, and, and that was their thing. And so he thought, if I get to Rome and start some churches here and help many people follow Jesus in Rome, many people throughout the world will begin to follow Jesus because of Rome's influence on the rest of the world. And so he's trying to get there, but it's the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire uh, wants everyone to follow the emperor. And so they're thinking, if people are following Jesus, they're not going to follow the emperor. And so they wanted to stop this Jesus movement as much as they could. And so uh, they were arresting Christians, and they were killing Christians in inhumane ways. They were just trying to stop, do whatever it took to scare people from becoming Christians so that uh, um, that movement would end. And so Paul, being a leader of them, they arrest him as a way to try to scare the rest of the Christians. And so they arrest him, and they put him in a Roman prison. Not his idea of how to get to Rome, but he ends up in prison there. And prison, you had these very, very uh, just horrible conditions. And they were thinking, well, since he's a leader here, here's what we have to do. We have to make sure that there is no way for him to escape at all. And so what they do is they actually take these Roman guards and they chain Paul to these Roman guards. And so every eight hours, there's a new guard that is chained to him as a way to just kind of keep everyone away from trying to get him to escape. And so he's in these horrific conditions and day by day by day goes by and he's just wondering, is this going to be the day? The day that he's, they're going to kill me and how are they going to kill me and, and, and how brutal is it going to be? I mean, if anyone is ripe for anxiety, it would be Paul. But yet, it's in the midst of these horrible conditions, he writes this letter uh, to the Philippians. And it's where he gives us our passage. And we just want to look quickly at it one more time. In the midst of these conditions, he says, Rejoice or celebrate in the Lord always. Choose to celebrate. Why? Because he is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, this is where we ask God uh, to give us peace through prayer. And then he gives us our word. With thanksgiving, present your prayers to God, and the incredible thing happens where we get the peace of God. And Paul says it is critical that we approach this with thanksgiving. And the reason why he brings up gratitude is he wants his readers, he wants us to think about our perspective or the way that we look at things. And he says, in the midst of our anxiety, I want us to change our perspective. Because perspective is about looking at things from a different angle. I love looking at perspective pictures where, where you see one thing and where maybe a friend sees another thing and, and you talk about it and then all of a sudden you kind of see the different things. And in fact, there's a, the, one of the most famous perspective photos is this one right here. And I want to hear by a, a round of applause, Oak Creek online here in Greenfield. I want to hear by a round of applause. How many of you see the old lady in this picture? Okay, there, there, there's, there's some there. All right, that's great. That's great. Uh, by round of applause, how many of you see the young lady in this picture? 
All right, we, we hear you, maybe a little bit more. You know, if you look here, this is like the old lady's nose and then the young lady's face. And when you see that, it's like, oh, I, I see it from a different angle. And, that, and that's what perspective is. Kind of like my, my kids, at, when they're falling asleep at night in the dark room, they're like, we're afraid, we're afraid. And you turn on the nightlight, they're not afraid anymore. They realize, oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. They see it from a different perspective. And what Paul is about to show us is that our gratitude is like that nightlight. It can change our perspective when it comes to anxiety. And he brings up gratitude because gratitude is just simply recognizing that you have been given a gift and that it came from an outside source. Now, many of us, when we think about gratitude, we see the benefits that come from gratitude. Like, like, like if you were to take gratitude and, 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 and put it as a, a medical drug, it would be considered a medic, uh, like a wonder drug, you know, because of all the benefits that gratitude does. Gratitude helps us sleep better at night. Gratitude actually helps us uh, recover from illnesses faster. Uh, gratitude impacts our, our heart rate, which allows, actually even impacts our depression and lowers that. I mean, gratitude, there's so many benefits to it. I, I, I love what a, a monk was quoted for saying. Uh, th this monk said, it's not um, happy people who are grateful. Um, it is grateful people who are happy. Is there's so many benefits that, that come uh, with, with gratitude. But, but we might wonder, okay, there's so many benefits with gratitude, but does it really help with our anxiety? And I think when we look at it, we, we will discover that, that it really does because gratitude and anxiety, honestly, they cannot coexist in the same space because anxiety is all about focusing on a future fear that may or may not happen. Like, what if, what if, what if? But gratitude, it's about a present blessing that has already happened. It's like, whoa, what did, what did, what did? And when Paul used this word for, for uh, Thanksgiving, the word he actually used, there, there's so much packed into that word that he used. In fact, he wrote in the Greek language, and he wrote that word like this, which you pronounce euharistia. And there are several English words that we get from this word. One of the first and maybe more obvious ones is the word Eucharist. And if you grew up in a religious background or maybe a traditional background, uh, maybe, maybe you're familiar with this term. We call it communion around here. But it's the sacred moment and the sacred act where we take some time to, to pause and remember uh, what Jesus did and how he died on the cross and how he rose for us to restore a relationship with God. In fact, we're going to get the opportunity later today to take part in communion. Uh, another word, though, that's used in, in this word is this word charis, which means grace. And grace is just simply getting something good that we don't deserve. And as Christians, we believe God gave us something good when he gave us his son, Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross for us to pay for our sins so that our relationship with God can be restored, that is nothing that you or I deserved, but it was God's good gift to each of us. And then the third word that we get from this is this word called kara or joy. And this is what we talked about earlier in the series, when we choose to celebrate God because he is near. And in this word, we discover that this pattern of how gratitude works. And that is, God gives us this gift of grace. And because God gives us this gift of grace, we can choose inside on our own to celebrate that and choose to celebrate that with joy. And then, as a result of that, we can express gratitude. Or another way to look at it is like this. We get grace, we can choose joy, and then we can express gratitude. 
That's Eucharistia. I get God's good gift of grace. I choose to celebrate that with joy. And then I express that uh, by giving gratitude. And Paul says, this is the perspective I want us to use when we look at our situations. In fact, Paul was so in on this, when we read through Philippians, we realize that he actually wrote the word Jesus 40 times in 100 uh, verses, meaning about every two and a half verses. He's focusing on Jesus and what Jesus did for us. I mean, that's going to change your perspective no matter what it is. And, And that shifts your perspective, and that will help you deal with your anxiety. In fact, I, I love reading stories of individuals when they begin to express gratitude and how after they do that, they experience peace. One of the stories I, I recently read actually related to uh, Duke University uh, with Coach K. I mean, famous basketball coach, famous men's basketball program. And uh, what Coach K has his players do is he actually has his players get a basketball and then on their own basketball, he would ask them to write the names of individuals Um, that they are grateful for who helped get them to where they're at to play basketball for Duke University. And so many of these players, they start writing on the basketball, and they start writing their parents' names, other family members' names, teammates, former coaches, maybe school administrators. I mean, they are just writing down all of these names. And then he just tells them, here's what I want you to do. I want you to carry that basketball with you wherever you go. And so they take it to the lunchroom, road games, and many of them put it right there on, on their bedside when they fall asleep. And many have said, I sleep better at night just looking at the list of names and just being so thankful for those people who helped me get to where I'm at. Now, I know for many of us, when it comes to gratitude, uh, we have some pushback with this. And some of the pushback is, well, I feel grateful. You know, I I have gratitude, uh, but uh, this really hasn't helped with my anxiety because I'm still anxious as well. Or others were like, ah. I just don't know if I have that much to be grateful for. There's a lot of bad situations kind of going on, and and I don't have anyone helping me play for Duke University. You know, I don't even have anyone buying me a coffee. So I I don't know if there's a whole lot for me to be grateful for. And and if that's you, I I, I get that. Uh, But I want us to go back to Paul's situation, because Paul was in these horrible conditions. And we could just imagine, well, what if he just focused on those bad conditions? What would he do then? Uh, Craig Rochelle, who's a pastor in Oklahoma, he just began to kind of imagine that. And and he was starting to wonder, well, what if Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians just focused on these bad, bad situations? What would he write uh, to the Philippians then? And And he came up with this. He said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, it just really sucks. My God let me down. And so... I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and depression and hopelessness. And because of all the hell I've been through, here's what I'm doing. I'm quitting my small group. See you guys. I'm quitting church. And if I ever get out of here, I'm done. Peace out. My bet is that most of us, we can relate to statements like this. Like we, we've been there um, at some point. We, we just looked at our situations and we're like, it's not getting better. There's still bills to be paid. I still don't have a job to pay it. That relationship doesn't feel like it's getting better. That situation, it's just not getting any better. But yet, in the midst of these horrible circumstances that, that Paul is in, he said, I want my perspective to change. And I want my perspective to change based on that word he used, the Eucharistia. And because of gratitude, he wrote the letter to the Philippians starting off like this. 
So now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Mean, meaning more people are finding and following Jesus because of this. Well, hey, Paul, hey, Paul. I thought you wanted to get to Rome to start churches in order for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I did. But, you know, because of my situations now, like, it, it is still happening. And, and, and as a result of me being in jail, here, here's what happened. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Meaning, they think that they are keeping me from escaping by chaining a Roman guard to me. Every eight hours, a new one comes. And I get to talk to that soldier for eight hours a day who's chained to me about Jesus those whole eight hours. Who's the real prisoner here? <laughs> he said, and because of that, some of these soldiers, they're starting to follow Jesus. More and more people are following Jesus. And even more than that, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You know, because my perspective has shifted others' perspective has shifted as well. Because I, I am approaching this through the perspective of gratitude, others are doing as well, and, and more and more people, they're following Jesus because of this as well. My, my bet is if we ask Paul, hey, Paul, would you want to change the situations and the conditions? Yeah, probably, probably, but there is still so much good that is happening even in the midst of the bad. Max Lucado um, wrote it like this. He said this in his book, Anxious for Nothing. He said, don't forget that whatever you have in Christ is greater than anything that you don't have in life. Don't forget Eucharist. Don't forget that you have grace, which gives you joy, which enables you to have gratitude, which gives you the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension and guards your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. We get God's grace, we can choose the joy, and we can express gratitude. And if we went to Paul, Paul would say, here's my story. At one point, I could have thought it was all over. My life was over, I'm going to be killed at any moment, and I could have just focused on that. But instead, I chose to focus on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me. And because of that, I was able to express gratitude, and more people were experiencing God's goodness as a result. And another result is Paul looked at his situation through the lens of gratitude. He discovered that he could be anxious for nothing. His anxiety and his fears went away because they go away when we choose to focus not on our anxieties, not on the what ifs, but we choose to focus on what has already happened and the good that God has already done. In other words, what we learned from Paul is that when we hold on to what God has done in the past, we can let go of our fear of the future. That when it comes to our anxiety, and our anxiety it just starts to beat down on us, and it just seems to keep slamming us and meeting us right in the face, we can beat back at that anxiety through a form of prayer. And not just any form of prayer. We can double down on our gratitude. And when we double down on our gratitude, what we discover is that anxiety, it can just go away. Because when we let go of the future, we, we can let go of that by holding on to what God has done in the past. 
So about a year or so ago, uh, I felt my anxiety just coming in from, from all sides. And, and it was just really starting uh, to just beat me down. In fact, it, my body was tensing up. I'm at work. It was beginning to impact me, and I was avoiding uh, things. I was avoiding relationships because of it. In fact, it was starting to really impact uh, a lot of my relationships. And some of the things I was starting to get anxious about were very tr seemingly like trivial things. There, there were times I would be driving, and I would get so anxious and worried about my car just breaking down. I just thought, you know what, at some moment, you know, the engine light's just going to blow up, smoke's going to come down, I'm going to cause a traffic jam on 94. It's going to be my fault, you know. And, and, and that anxiety would, would just uh, kind of uh, come in. If I was at work, I, I would get afraid of different meetings, and I thought a fight or a conflict was just going to, like, break out. Or if I was at home, uh, I was just wondering what was going to happen, what my kids were going to do, and, and I was just getting really, really anxious. And so I was talking to uh, my counselor about that. And uh, he began to walk me through uh, some exercises. And uh, he said, Tyler, here's what I want to do with your anxiety. First, I, I want you to pull out a notebook, and I want you to go through this exercise every day. And I want you to, to write down uh, some answers to some questions that we talked about earlier in the series. And the fir first question is, well, what are you anxious about? And so I, I was with him that first time. I was like, all right, all right here, here's what I'm writing down. I'm writing down uh, about my car, you know, just blowing up. I'm just afraid it's going to blow up at any random moment. I don't know why, but it's, it, it's a fear. And he's like, all right, well, go ahead and write that down. And then he asked me the next question that, that we talked about earlier. And that is, hey, what are you really afraid of? And I, and I peeled back the layers and I said, yeah, here's, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm I'm afraid of not having enough to provide uh, for, for myself, my family, my kids, uh, and not having enough money that way. And he said, that's great, that's great. Now's here where we can begin to shift some things. And he said, Tyler, how old are you? And, and I just said, wow, okay, I'm, I'm 35 years old. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm 35. But, you know, maybe don't look like it. It's okay. And uh, he said, uh, hey, in your 35 years has God uh, not provided for you throughout the whole 35 years? I'm like, yeah, yeah, God, God has provided for me. Hey, Tyler, what would keep God from bailing on you now? So that's a, that's a great question. And so he said, that's what I want you to think about. So he, he said, here's what I want you to do with that, with that notebook. Every day for the next week, I want you to write three things that you are grateful for every day. And they can be big things or small things. Just, just write them down. And then do that for seven days. And at the end of seven days, go back and read what you wrote down and, and remind yourself what God has done in the past. And so I, I started uh, writing these things down. And, and I started doing this for several months. And every week, I, I would just look back and I would see what, what God did. And uh, a couple months ago, and back in October, actually, I, I wrote down how I was feeling lonely and I didn't really feel like I had really great friends. And... Uh, that day, a, a good friend of mine texted me out of the blue and said, Tyler, we're grabbing lunch. And uh, we met up for lunch and had one of these great life-giving conversations. And it was great. And so I wrote down that day, and just as a reminder, God, you've given me really good friends. Uh, a couple weeks after that, my family and I, some family members, we were going through a pretty, pretty big conflict, and there was a lot of tension in our relationships. And uh, I spent some time with them uh, for, for a few days over the holiday, and uh, during that time, it actually led to this point where we had this very open and honest and vulnerable conversation that we've never really had before. And it brought some healing to those relationships. It was very, very helpful. And I wrote down, I'm so thankful for that. And then uh, in December of last year, there was a time I, I was scheduled to teach at the Ridge. 
and my voice went out the day before. I, I got sick and I, and I couldn't speak. And so I'm, I'm praying, God, give me my voice back. And I'm texting friends to pray that I would get my voice back and that we'd be able to do services the way that we wanted to do them that day. And, and I got to the services and I was able to speak uh, that day, that, that uh, time during services. But then an hour after the last service, my voice went away again. And it didn't come back for five days after that. It, my wife says it was the greatest week of her life. She, she <laughs> said it was great. But uh, during, during that time, I was frustrated and annoyed. But I, I looked back and, and I wrote down, God gave me the strength when I needed it. And it's just so grateful uh, for, for that. But, but here, here's the best thing that, that I learned as, as I was doing this exercise. Is that every day, there is something we can be anxious for. But also every day, there is something that we can be grateful for. And when we hold on to what God has already done, we can let go of that fear of what could happen. And so here's what I want everyone to do. I want everyone, uh, even Oak Creek Online, I want all of us to pull out our phone. I know some of you are ahead of me already, but you know, uh, go ahead, pull out, pull out your phone. And here's what I want you to do with your phone. I want you to go to your note-taking app, whatever that might be. And if you don't have one, you can download one on your app store. In fact, we have uh, some links to some really good ones on our resource page. But I want, I want you to go to your note-taking app, and I want you to start a new note that just says Thanksgiving. And here's what I want you to do with that starting this week. Every day, I want you to list three things that you are grateful for. Big or small things, I mean, they can be trivial things or they can be, be very, very meaningful things. In fact, over the last week, um, I wrote down, uh, just so grateful for my son and just his playful spirit. He dressed up as a superhero and just ran around, and, and it was just so much fun with that. I, I also wrote down, I was so thankful for popcorn. You know, like, you, you can go ahead and put uh, um, small things or, or, or big things, whatever they might be. And then as you do this, at the end of the week, I want you to look back and just look at all the things that you're grateful for. And, and even if you're not a Christian, you can get the benefits of doing this without being a Christian. I, I want you to just write down these things that you're grateful for. And here's what I hope that all of us would begin to discover. That when it comes to our gratitude, gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist. Because we can choose to focus on what world. We can choose to focus on the world of what if, or we can choose to focus on the world of what is. And when we hold on to what God has done in the past, we can let go of that fear of the future. It's up to us because we, we know God has given us this gift of grace. We can choose joy and we can express gratitude. And as a result of that, experience some peace. Now next week, Next week, we're going to look at the final way that we can actually continue to trust God. We can continue to, to look at what he has done for us so that uh, we can become anxious for nothing and experience more of his peace. So you'll want to make sure that you're here for that and, and bring a friend as we do that. But right now, uh, let me pray for all of us. God, you have just given us this capacity uh, to experience gratitude. And God, uh, I, I think one of the reasons why you gave us that is to allow us to continue to put our trust in you more. Because God, really the reason why you, you uh, encourage us to not be anxious, to, to, to give up the anxiety, really is just to increase our trust in you. 
And so God, would, would you just do that right now? Would you just grow our faith, grow our trust in you and trust how good you are? God, you've given us so many good things in the past. And God, honestly, it's easy for me and I know it's easy for many of us that it's so easy to forget about what you did and just be afraid of what could happen. But God, you've shown us, hey, reverse that order, reverse that order. Let's hold on to what you've done so that it would give us confidence to know that because of what you've done, there are great things you will do. And so Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you've given us the ability to choose joy and to express gratitude. And Jesus, the way, reason we can do that is because of you giving your life for us. God, we thank you for all of us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.